0: sarah jessica parker aged very gracefully she still is great in this role um kirsten uh, davis very difficult to
1: look at your face december 20th 10 a.m eastern standard time <laughs> what is that from rent the number Um, one christmas musical of all time is it (laughs) it's christmas themed it's set at christmas and new year's (laughs) okay
0: um we can also do the uh the classic opener together as you requested uh that we do it in the karaoke next time (laughs) (laughs)
1: what the soundtrack to house of gucci (laughs) five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes five hundred twenty five thousand moments (laughs) so deep i can't wait for the revival to open this spring after omicron is vanished from new york Sorry, banished seriously is it is it in the making no it's not i'm just assuming oh my god it'll like come my back god. one day on broadway uh,
0: i cannot this is like the
1: fifth episode in a row we've been mentioning rent i know like, sorry why? <laughs> it's because it's, i feel like our youtube um recommendations are constantly synced like we send each other yeah. things but it's like they've already appeared on the recommendation screen <laughs>
0: Also, considering the fact that we don't live in the same country, I feel like our our algorithms are
1: connected at the hip. Yeah, we're synced. Um, We're like two girlfriends on vacation.
0: Which is a problem because when I leave the country, it automatically changes my TikTok feed to like (laughs) everything Eastern European, (laughs) post-Soviet bloc. Uh, and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. I go into the settings, I change the region and everything, and it just keeps giving me like stuff that I have to send you to translate.
1: <laughs> it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, how was your trip?
0: Uh, it was great. I got out in the nick of time, which seems to be the, uh, theme <laughs> oh my God, of uh, a <laughs> recurring theme of the past two years. Yeah. Actually, it was de- debuted when we went to uh, Italy to do our residency. That was the the very first sort of getting out in the nick of time oh, God. experience. Um, honestly, I'm I'm not just say uh, conceptually over this now. I'm also like pragmatically
1: and technically over this now. Yeah, um, I'm also over just like hearing about everyone's breakthrough infection, <laughs> like. I don't care. Yeah, people's
0: <laughs> people's like melodramatic a uh, announcement that they came down with what is a, a minor cold, yeah, basically a one day cold. Yeah. Um it has been depressing seeing very long sort of breadline style lines to get tested at CityMD. Or actually ev- everywhere in New York City, even the street tents that have been up for like months now. Even the
1: NFL experience at Times Square we went to. <laughs>
0: You know what I wonder? Because over there, they do take walk-ins, but I think you have to set an appointment. okay. And so I wonder if those lines are still long at places where you have to, like, make a timed appointment. Um, And then the CDMD ones, is that
1: PCR tests? I think so.
0: I think they offer you a rapid test as well, but they pair it with a PCR one because they have to report it to the, like, local health Mm -hmm. authorities. Mm Mm-hmm um i mean the worst i think is a uh i mean i feel the worst for tourists because they are literally trapped here unless they get tested to be able to fly out of here oh
1: god i know um, Well, i was chatting with a friend yesterday and um him and his boyfriend went to san francisco for an event and they could only find $699 PCR tests everywhere. And what? Then, yeah. <laughs> and they had to go back to Canada and you have to get a PCR test. And they ended up finding something that was like a hundred something, but still, that like,
0: is so wild. I know is that like Silicon Valley rates. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
2: it's
1: just insane. Well, my parents are getting boosted literally right now. Their appointment was 15 minutes ago oh amazing so that's good at least and i had my booster last week and i felt totally fine sorry (laughs) check your privilege i know my my antibody privilege
0: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i had a nice time in israel but i am back with a vengeance yes uh it's pretty freezing here today it's like feels like minus six this morning in celsius Um, It feels pretty like... It feels pretty Christmassy. It's snowing here. uh, It's
1: very cute. Even though it's just freezing. Yeah, it was like big fluffy flakes. And it's Mm -hmm. basically melted already. Actually, I see some on the grass. Wait, where are you now? Remind us. I'm in Sandomierz, southeastern Poland, where my parents are moving back Mm to. Um, And I've shooed them out of the house for their booster, so...
0: That's nice. Wait, so they
1: live there now full time. They're here until March, and then they're going back to Winnipeg um, until the fall, and then they'll be back permanently.
0: Wait, is this their like a, uh, is this their winter destination? as in it's warmer than Canada?
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is their winter destination because my dad runs his bike store, which is seasonal. And in Winnipeg it'll be like minus thirty five and here it'll be zero, so <laughs> that's very relative. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's it really is terrible in Winnipeg in the wintertime. It's too much. Uh-huh. So I'm glad they're here for the winter. Um the house is coming it, along. Isn't it sorry?
0: Isn't it a part of the culture in Winnipeg? Like you saying it's depressing, you'd think that these cold places would have it figured out.
1: Well, I mean, in some ways it's figured out like, um, you know, there's like these underground walkways downtown and these like skyways that connect buildings and stuff. So you can, if you're downtown, you can kind of avoid going outside. Like if you work in an office building, you know, you mm-hmm. can take this like ridiculous path to get to the mall or something or to the gym. That but, sounds fun. Which is fun, but chaotic. Um, Wait, why is it chaotic? Oh, no, I just mean there's... Because, um, like, sometimes something will be kind of like... Let's say it's two long blocks over. But you have to mm-hmm. go through this ridiculous path to get there. Like, it's not the most direct route. Because you're going through this kind of, like, system of tunnels. And
0: Is that like transferring
1: a 14th Street? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, and then what else... Okay, so you have to plug your car in. So there's kind of like the infrastructure for that when you go to, like, let's say, a parking lot in an office building, like at your workplace. Um, mm-hmm. Because otherwise the oil's going to freeze and the car won't start. So it's like a block right. heater to heat the oil. Um, yeah, I mean, those kinds of things are figured out. But there's really bad public transit. So you're waiting 20 minutes outside for bus connection and it's like minus 35 and the bus shelters aren't heated anymore. Yeah. Minus 35 Celsius, but minus 40 Celsius is minus 40 Fahrenheit. That's where the oh, okay. temperatures line up. Um, mm-hmm. But the plus side is it's sunny there in the winter. so <laughs> That's
0: good. I saw this YouTube, uh, it's not a documentary per se but like a thing about life in uh like the coldest part of russia mm-hmm. where there's like a, a sizable city and like uh life th- is thriving there it's i forget what region it is what the region is called but it's like in this greater siberia mm-hmm. sort of area and there's all these things that we take for granted that you can't do such as like wear glasses that are not made out of oh my god um glass because like it could
1: like stick to your skin oh and rip it off <laughs> Well, I have um, had frozen eyelashes, like frozen together. That happens in yeah. Winnipeg. Uh, it gets extreme. That doesn't sound. It doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad they're here, and I'm glad I don't have to deal with the minus 35 anymore.
0: Yeah. But, what are your uh, Christmas plans? Are you staying through Christmas, or are you going back to Berlin?
1: No, I'm staying here for Christmas. Uh, we're having a family Christmas dinner. I'm already stressed out by it. Um, but on like cr- Christmas Eve, like we have meatless dishes. So that mm-hmm. at least kind of simplifies things. So we're going to have like pierogies and uh, a wild mushroom yeah. soup. Uh, Damn, I into that. I re- I really enjoy those uh, cheese pierogies. Mm-hmm. I got us at Zaybars the other day. To try those with you next time. Mm-hmm. I think we're having wild mushroom and sauerkraut, and they're really good. sounds delicious. My mom makes the best ones. Sorry, everyone (laughs) listening. (laughs) Uh, I'll
0: never forget when uh, a friend of the pod, Thomas, who I actually haven't seen in a long while, uh, when he had his opening at Nikkel's Space, uh, I guess, Jesus, time really like flew. Two and a half years ago? Since COVID started. Two and a half years ago. Were you there? No, I went no. with Steven. Anyways, he had an opening at uh, um at one of Nickel's spaces, and his sweet mom mm. made like three trays. Oh my God. Pierogies. Um, what are the jelly donuts called?
1: Ponchki. Ponchki, yeah. yeah. Wait, mm. what's what's Guamki? Guamki or cabbage rolls?
0: Oh, right, yeah. Uh, anyways, that was so yummy. Oh, I could go for some cabbage rolls now. Uh, I could go for a, f- a full like party tray
1: of uh, a- an assortment of pierogies. Well, when you come here in the summer sometime, when my parents are here, we'll uh, strong arm them into making a few dishes. Ugh, <laughs> I wish. And my mom really right she, t- she braids the edge so nicely. Damn. Right in time for the
0: Zeta-Jones variant. <laughs>
1: oh, <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And just like that. <laughs> oh, my God. We can talk about that. <laughs> Should we? Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts?
0: <laughs> Thoughts. So, we were both, I mean, very excited for the, uh, uh, for just like that to uh, uh, grace our screens as big Sex in the City stands.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and how uh, did we enjoy it? There are cringy moments, but honestly, I'm loving it. I'm glad it's back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to me, it's
0: essentially like two shows that kind of coexist there's like, there's two separate shows oh, that kind take. of in, it's in, true. Inhabit, inhabit the screen, sort of screen time. Because on the one hand, it's like pure sort of nostalgia revival. Uh, it has its like cringy moments in terms of how we meet the characters. Like, uh, what is it now? 30 years later? 20 years later?
1: Uh, let's see. 20, 20. Because yeah.
0: the show came down like 2002 or two, 2001.
1: 2004, I think it ended. Two thousand four yeah
0: um, and then in order to like i don't know make it a uh, like comply with the times or whatever, they like <laughs> f- really, really forcefully <laughs> injected all these just woke narratives, I guess, and I mean they they spruce it up with like characters of color, which were very scant and few in the original show, but like it sh- it feels very forced yeah does not feel man. natural at all
1: um my issue is that it's uh it's like so self referential referentially woke that like, like how f- so like for example the character of che the comedian where oh, she's like sorry they are like uh i'm che i'm a mexican irish non-binary diva and like that's the cringiest moment of the episode <laughs>
0: like, I mean it just uh, honestly it feels like it was a uh, generated
1: by like a committee of HRC
0: not Hillary Rodham Clinton but
1: <laughs> Human Rights Council totally. like we're trying to get the 100 score and the GLAAD award on this like yeah the uh, the what's the test called the, the, the Bechamel uh, test Bechamel <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, the uh, oh god, I think it's the bestel test or something. The Bushnell test. <laughs> but it's like Che could just be. It's like oh hey yeah like I'm I'm they Che, and that's it. And it's like okay we get it. Like you're Mexican, you're non-binary. You have the cliche lesbian haircut, but yeah. like to actually verbalize it, you know, like the you can't just show that character development. You actually have to verbalize it. That's what I find too much. Uh this is
0: the this is a great conundrum of this generation where I can't tell if this panders to them or if this is created by them, this sort of extremely reductive um kind of um hand feeding of topics um that character is unbearable yeah it's just unbearable and the whole podcast setup that they have going on like Like
1: if you thought we're bad
0: (laughs) yeah i mean at least the original show well first of all the original show had sex in it which this show doesn't have much and if it has it it's like in the hands of the younger generation and it's really depressing yeah, well, it's and so that, like, it's like the, Zoomers the, the not having they, sex. <laughs> yeah, and the way they talk about it at the podcast, and they're not even Zoomers, those two other podcasters, Che and the uh, the Asian guy. Yeah. Uh, but the way they talk about it is so unappetizing that, like, no wonder Yeah.
1: it's just, like, litigious sex, basically. And just because they're perimenopausal doesn't mean there can't be... <laughs> sex on the show What does that mean that's when you're around the time of menopause (laughs) oh i see um
0: no it was just awful and the whole the whole there's a whole scene in the first episode where carrie sort of brings home her assignment she was she was sent with to talk about masturbation
1: big do you masturbate (laughs) (laughs) it was just so cringy i mean there's
0: i I'm willing to extend and expand a lot of credit to those four ladies, even after the second movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, the second was a travesty. It was awful. But still, I mean, I'll say it again. When I watch this show now, I'm able to compartmentalize. And in my my mind, there's sort of a... uh, There's a separation between the two shows within the show. Yeah. Uh, One of them is like irrelevant to me, irrelevant to me, uh, the whole... Maybe there are some arcs that are kind of relevant. I don't know, like Charlotte's daughter coming out as queer or trans or whatever.
1: It's like just feels like like a PBS like <laughs> daytime sort of PSA. It's an after-school special now, especially Charlotte's storyline. It's like, yeah, I found Tito's vodka <laughs> bottles and <in> Miranda's bag. <laughs> just
0: uh, oh my god yeah, all those shows just feel like a uh i mean what's what's a softer version of indoctrination you know just uh, an after school <laughs>
1: special, an special <laughs> <laughs> like next thing you know um uh, miranda's gonna be on acid jumping out a window uh and then ends up paraplegic as I mean, seen yeah, on degrassi high <laughs>
0: I mean we are we are slowly tiptoeing there because she's about to have a uh, what it's not even a lesbian affair with Che, a non binary <laughs> extramarital <laughs> affair with Che after smoking weed for the first time in totally. like for the first time ever, I guess, which doesn't make much sense because I know Miranda was always sort of uh pegged as the like type A really uptight New York City lawyer, but like I don't know. Also, that jump from like where we left her off to where she is now, which is like extremely
1: bumbling and like god. awkward. Foot and mouth disease. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole the whole
0: scene where she is she embarrasses herself with her uh, Columbia U professor. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just it was beyond unrealistic. I know. It was so embarrassing. I know uh like to have us believe that this like really independent smart woman who like chartered her way into partnership at her law firm is all of a sudden this bumbling, bumbling idiot totally.
1: exactly and she worked as a lawyer it's like as a corporate lawyer you're constantly on you know how to read the room what to say when to yeah. say it it's like it does not make any sense and,
0: yeah, and she fucking like institute. No, she didn't institute the uh, casual Friday at her office, but there was that memorable episode where she's outed by the gay associate for being pregnant, and she accidentally outs him <laughs> for being gay after she runs into him at the gay club, which she's taken out to by the girls because I guess she's just has turned into such a homebody, pregnant woman. Um
1: I will say though, uh Brady as an adult, very well cast. Thank you. <laughs> Especially the thoughtish uh Instagram posts that the actors Damn, posting. He's uh
0: I hope at some point throughout the season he's uh they have him take his shirt off because he's a uh, he's thoughtish. Um Oh my god yeah anyway the uh first episode is awful the second episode uh gets a little better and then the third one in like in show number one which is the essentially the uh, re- nostalgic revival of the original of sex and the city basically that's great the whole thing with natasha and i don't know uh, i don't want to give out
1: too many spoilers <sighs> oh yeah that um, was a good episode actually that was good yeah
0: but then again, there was like a 10-minute scene where we were just forced, subjected to like listen to Chase, like uh, Hannah Gatsby style. Oh
1: my gosh, that was Stand-up the comedy, worst.
0: Stand-up comedy, that's what it's modeled oh, totally. after.
1: And the crazy thing is like, I feel like if they just let the actor do their thing, then it would have been fine. But somebody wrote that, like an annoying no, writer's absolutely.
0: room. Yeah, uh, it was it was really forced. Yeah. Uh, is is Sarah Ramirez even like
1: non-binary? Sarah or Ramirez trans is, in real life? is non-binary. Yeah. Sarah Ramirez came out as non-binary a few years ago. I did do a Wikipedia deep dive after watching the first episode.
0: Okay. So I mean, I like she just looks like your average like Bolt Ike. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, Club Geos in Winnipeg and. uh 2004
0: i mean i'm merely a homosexual but i've like this is what i know to be the classic like butch dyke but like whatever not to say that you cannot call yourself whatever you want but
1: well gender is a construct um thanks sex in the city yeah yeah,
0: thanks for spelling out the obvious. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker aged very gracefully. She still is great in this role. Um, Kirsten uh, Davis very difficult to look at your face.
1: Yeah, although I will say it looks less shocking than those initial stills and paparazzi shots. She was like mega fish lipped in that. It's it's very rough. I mean, there's
0: moments where it's there's like. You know, it's all about the angle. And yeah. so there's certain angles where it's
1: fine. And then there's certain angles where it's just like, it's really shocking. <laughs> but what I find the most shocking is her speech because of the lips. She, she yeah. talks like this. Like the there's just too much flesh. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't have like clear diction anymore, which was never an issue before. Like she sounds like a drunk now.
0: Right. They should have made her the alcoholic. Know, which totally Miranda. makes
1: sense for her. It's like the uptight... Yeah. Um, You know, stay-at-home mother, blah, 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 blah.
0: (sighs) You would would think that these actors, actresses would be, like, contractually obliged to not get work done on their faces (laughs) as sort of a stipulation to any, like, rehiring or new, like, (laughs) roles? Because doesn't it hurt the franchise or just in general? Like, I, I guess I don't understand how Nicole Kidman still gets cast yeah I wish with, because that fit,
1: yeah oh no, I was just I wish with Charlotte, they would have just addressed it, you know, she's yeah, well they, off, yeah, she lives in New York, it's like it's like, um, my lips went too far, <laughs> oh well, it's just off, I'm
0: looking at her pictures, it's yeah. just it's awful, there's no other way to uh, put it,
1: um, and then, oh, we saw Green naftali in <laughs> episode two, <laughs> yes,
0: site of a funeral. <laughs> Uh, saw some funny tweets about uh people saying when i die please please do not uh have an open casket of
1: mine at uh, green of um and then friend F- bff of the pod david <laughs> leave my body on the steps of queer thoughts <laughs> <laughs> sorry i just added to that <laughs>
0: wait they have no steps i mean they're on the what sixth floor of that office building (laughs) in the office building there's not even a stoop there and but also they just moved i guess two floors up or something i should go check them out they moved out of that office suite to a larger office suite i guess you go queers you go yeah um yeah what
1: are your christmas plans
0: uh, just doing the usual in-laws and then family in Westchester. Cute. Not to say that I am from Westchester.
1: <laughs> I'm <am> definitely. <laughs> what? I'm definitely not from Westchester. <laughs> Westchester surprise. Uh, um, I'm actually from the like Israeli version of Westchester <laughs> in terms of the,
0: the the cross section of the socioeconomic uh, sort of landscape. Um. Yeah, that's, that's not not much is planned. I mean, as Jews, as a Jew, I only expect to receive presents without the obligation
1: of giving presents, <laughs> which makes it my favorite time of year. Oh my God! <laughs> Your words and not yeah. mine. Yeah. Well, I'm wishing you a uh, merry Christmas because it's the time of giving and festivity. <laughs> sure
0: (laughs) um yeah i don't know oh i went to see a west side story yesterday that was uh that really lifted lifted me up it was such an uh, uplifting experience i was very skeptical going in because the original is one of my all-time favorite not just movies but musicals um Actually, I read there is a different term for that. It's not, a, it's not a musical. It's a... What is it called? Incidental music? Is that the term for it?
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's uh, incidental music. Yeah, uh, that's what I guess Zondheim's work was described as. Incidental music is uh, written to accompany or point up the action or mood of a dramatic performance on stage, film, radio, television, or recording.
1: <sighs> like, are they so, singing like, the songs? The actors, in the movie, they, yeah. They are, okay. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, I guess even Grey's Anatomy would be considered uh, incidental music. So, that would because don't they like, don't they like belt out tunes oh, yeah. like mid episode or something?
1: We'll have to consult our expert on all things Shonda Rhimes, uh, Jordan <laughs> Nasser.
0: Jordan, yeah.
1: <laughs> here it says, it says here, what is an example of
0: incidental music? Some early examples of what were later called instant music are also described as semi-operas, quasi-operas, <laughs> masks, vaudevilles, and melodramas. Um, anyway, West Side Story is a, I'm giving it a, a plus. Okay. Amazing. I said it really beautiful. Okay, I'm
1: definitely going to Ex- see it.
0: Very well cast. Um, not contorted, too aggressively to today's standards doesn't try to appease really any kind of anyone um what were my other uh takeaways um steven spielberg the,
1: you've done it again
0: has he though
1: <laughs> i mean this was his um, film
0: yeah i know yeah he's done it no i'm just trying to reflect on his previous has i mean he schindler's list oh yeah true i mean i was caught making out during schindler's list um it's just this movie's really well cast like ansel ansel algort i don't even know know his name in the role of tony who's a polack
1: i was gonna say is that is he playing the polack named anton (laughs) anton i totally forgot that they're like a motley crew of polacks in the original (laughs) You know, what? I've never I, seen some the reason, original. I'm really embarrassed.
0: You, you must see it. It's just no, such a it's such a Technicolor perfection, and it's the trifecta of like Zondheim's lyricism, Bernstein's. Uh, yeah. Did he compose? Yeah, I guess he composed it. And actually, it's what's what's when it, it's not a trifecta when it's for for like masters involved Wait, there was Fosse? Some,
1: No, Fossy didn't do the. Wasn't uh, Fossy the first one? I thought that was the whole point of West Side Story, the, the fossiness.
0: No, it's the the choreographer was uh well it was produced by Robert Wise that was the director. Um sorry, I'm pulling up the information here. Uh <clears throat> God damn it. Choreography. Sorry. Um Jerome Robbins was a chore- was, was a choreographer and he was he had like Mid shooting, like uh, mid uh, a yeah, filming beef with a director, and then when Robbins won the Oscars or something for choreography, he like omitted Wise's name from the thank uh, yous. Um, it was just like an all around like just merging of mega forces to yeah. create this really
1: masterful. So um, crazy! I always thought Fosse was art. involved in a. Well, look at that! Take away my yeah, G no. card. Yeah.
0: I mean, Fosse, I guess, was cabaret and yeah. uh, jazz. She was busy. All that jazz. She was busy. Did you ever see all that jazz? No. That's very of its time. I actually saw like a director's cut of it at the Quad a few years ago. And it's just crazy how in the 70s, all the... like. First of all, they basically all wore like lycra's and like synthetic fabrics, and there were so many aggressive like close-ups in that movie of the dancers bulges. rehearsing in the studio. Not just the bulges, but like insane sweaty pits that are just like throughout the scene, just like spread towards the, like the entirety of the uh, oh my
1: god, out of uh, control body here. leotards. Yeah, no, no, it's really wild. Um, you know, I would love to see Patty Lapone in something with you. Can we please make that happen on Broadway? Well, she's in a she's in the uh, revival of Company. I was right just gonna now, say, which, which uh, yeah, is having drama now. Why? Because somebody got food poisoning? Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was actually I was uh, yeah, planning to get like a lottery ticket to see the following night's performance. <sighs> I ended up not doing that, but lo and behold, the New York Post then broke the news oh, that somebody had like gotten food poisoning, and they had to shut down that evening's uh, show. Okay, when I'm there but this do... spring,
1: can we please go see it? Yes.
0: How long do they usually run, those revivals?
1: Uh, it really depends. If they're successful. I think as long as they're successful. And then I don't know what the timeline usually is with like a, you know, a certain cast. So hopefully right. we can still see Patti Lapone when I get there. Yeah because uh, yeah, she's be, an icon totally she's down. a legend
0: <laughs> yeah I would be totally down to see it Yeah. Uh, just going back to West Side Story the revival for a second the only like uh, trying to like contort it not even contort it but like to adjust it and adapt it to the times was so the original has this like this character that tries to become a member of the Jets the uh, gang but she's a girl it's like a sort of a gentle kind of side plot thing oh yeah uh and throughout the movie she is like sort of the mole she does like recon for the jets and like tells them what's about to happen but in this revival the 2021 revival uh that character is played by a trans actor and it's only it's only made sort of a mentioning of somewhat briefly there's not a lot of focus put on it but like from a yentl sort of character uh, okay. uh it's turned into like uh they turn into a trans person but anyway the revival is really amazing
1: i cried so much during the uh it's just really beautiful Well, the trailer looked really good during house of gucci um oh my god when i first saw the trailer <laughs> <laughs> and i said to myself i can't wait to see this along with marry me the j-lo owen wilson vehicle
0: oh my god i so saw they <laughs> They ran the trailer for that in the movie theater yesterday, and I had the pleasure of seeing uh, Luke. Is it Owen? Owen Owen Wilson's, like, uh, goo-goo dolls, (laughs)
1: lesbian, aging lesbian face on a big screen. Exactly. Aging lesbian. Looks like uh, if Judith Butler got the Farrah Fawcett wig. (laughs) No, I mean, what about the nose? It's all all in the nose for him. Uh, it's it's he's got too much face for me. Oh, I know. No, it's uh, it's weird looking. It's like lumpy. It's supple yet old. It's it's yeah. like an oiled catcher's mitt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, should you wanna you wanna give your review of House of <laughs> the uh, Gucci in Lady Gaga's Italian accent? <laughs>
1: In five years, nobody will remember this movie. <laughs> five years, you're generous. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't sound Russian enough. <laughs> oh my God. That was, that was veering ba- towards Paolo.
0: <laughs> Is this based on her mother's accent? <clears throat> or the clientele or a dad's restaurant?
1: Slash <laughs> her dad's previous business dealings. Um... Okay. sorry kasha's getting riled up it's here. okay she, uh, i heard a barking dog her by the way outdoors i'm like what's happening that was that was from your end no no yeah i heard a barking dog here outside the house okay um wait so uh speaking of messes
0: um, <laughs> uh, in the cuts encounter section uh exactly 13 days ago we had a feature about uh Jamian Jamian's new gallery space Oflarities 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 <laughs> um the headline goes Jamian Ju- Giuliano Villani wants to make the art world fun the painter and her pals open Oflarities a gallery where quote unquote taste is out the door um you alerted me to the uh to this breaking story you and david uh would you like to uh would you like to preface for us would you like to give some background um, um when when
1: did this gallery first came to your uh, attention i guess just on social media kind of around the time it opened mm-hmm. a few months ago um but i I guess their point is the art world takes itself too seriously, which I agree with. It absolutely it absolutely does, yeah. Um so they've done a complete 180. <laughs> I, I would venture to say they did a 360. <laughs> <laughs> and vomited when the ride stopped. <laughs> Spilt a wet ashtray into the vomit. <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so i guess they uh, it's a uh it's a merger of three uh three friends jamie and
1: um, the dude from Draindrop, which i did not know because i remember D-Rain The Dude from where this collective Draindrop. they were um a thing like circa i don't know 2009 or something how do you even spell that? I'm trying like to look deer, that up. Like deer, rain, drop, and it's one word. Oh, we oh, did like media art stuff and funky graphics. Oh, you know who I
0: just remembered that other collective, uh not Eck House but the the group of artists with a you know with a similar name. Dis. <laughs> no, they had their studio in uh Red Hook. There was a oh, there was still like a
1: house. Mother. Yeah, Stillhouse. God, we should do a Stillhouse oral history one day. <laughs> was that their full name? Stillhouse? The Stillhouse group. And it was Why like, did it make he, me think here's of an oil Echel drum.
0: Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> what year were they big in? Jesus,
0: 2012. It was like 10 years
1: ago already. Oh, no. no, I totally remember when they were a thing.
0: What were they uh, known known for? in their peak
1: not much
0: but like who was the
1: uh, who, what was the social circle um upper middle class white children
0: no but I mean like what were the what was the or- orbit of artists they were hanging out with I guess there was some zombie formalism yeah. involved <clears throat> oh yeah cause Lucian Smith was a uh, yeah was a part of that gang.
1: Well, the website's still around. I, I'm on it right now. Enter stillhouse.com. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like whatever, whatever Bill Brady would show.
0: Right. Oh, and I see that uh, acquaintance, very sweet acquaintance of the pod. Evan Roberts was also a part of that. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize. Um, But I guess the, this, it, they were headed by Alex Perweiler and Lois Eisner. Louis Eisner or (laughs) whatever. Lois
1: Lois Lane. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now that I've
0: botched all possible names in my ill-informed referential commentary, we can go back to O'Flaherty's. So, according to the Cut article, tastelessness or anti-tastefulness might be the mission statement of O'Flaherty's, which is as much a piece of rude... Or refreshing performance art, as it is a business. Giuliano Villani has already found success for her paintings, which are mashup pylons of Raquelian advertising graphics, digital flot. F- is it flotsam? flotsam? Flotsam. How do you pronounce? Flotsam, flotsam and grow. Flotsam. flotsam. Flots in Hebrew is uh, <laughs> even in German is a fart. <laughs> <laughs> uh and gross out weirdness her most recent new york show featured a painting roughly eight feet tall of a goblin crawling out of a shit smear toilet yeah it was disgusting i saw it on
1: social media gross (laughs) bravo
0: (laughs) like very very successfully achieved a low-hanging fruit shock effect (laughs) um yeah, I don't know. But bored with the mainstream gallery scene and it's kowtowing to what she sees as a kind of woke proprietary, Giuliana Villani decided uh, to put her paintings on pause to have a bit of scene-making fun since nobody else was. Fuck it for now, she said of her own work. That's why I started this thing. I'm like so sick of it, you know? This is the thing. Art sucks. No one's doing anything cool. Um, I mean, based on the merits, it's very hard for me to disagree with her because there's... like nothing cool is happening now i don't know that art needs constantly to be that sort of
1: agent of manufacturing of cool but when was anything cool happening if nothing cool is happening now maybe you're just friends Um, with the wrong people
0: yeah i guess cool is just (laughs) you know the magnitude of the lie you tell yourself and how many people it sort of draws into it's a gravitational force yeah because cool is, you know, subjective, obviously. So yeah. it just depends on your buy-in force.
1: But also, um, I think at any moment in the last, I don't know, let's say the f- the last like 50 or 60 years, I'm sure there were always artists who are very professionalized, who wanted, you know, commercial success, who were doing kind of like the status quo, and then I'm sure there's some like messy artists who you have no contact with because they're just chaotic and maybe like a 1% will flow into that commercial side. Right. So, like, I don't and think I, anything specifically has changed in recent years.
0: Yeah. And I feel like at the end of the day, like the truly cool kids who are able to start a movement or whatever are at their core just incredibly messy people who have zero sort of grasp on <laughs> a grip i mean on their lives and so yeah um well the article goes on to talk about jamie and small and wiry and irrepressibly profane um stature and bejeweled sandals and a deep erzatz tan uh she's something of a punk throwback in a world of careerist mfa's I mean, uh, I don't know. once again, based on, I, 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 it's very hard for me to disagree with the, the general merits of the or the, the general direction of this article because yes, I mean, spot the lie. Everyone yeah. is essentially a careerist MFA graduate at this point, but how could you not be if you have to like pay back so much, <laughs> exactly. so, so much in loans. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, but she also yeah, admits to the fact that this is not a for-profit business essentially uh with the first show not selling at all and wait was the first show uh just uh bjarne and malgard loans from i guess uh
1: no that was a later show
0: a later show that which i guess was denounced by the first uh,
1: artist that had the show
0: <laughs> denounced by the first artist but also like finagle through some connections because it was a loan from a private collector which i guess one of the trio that runs this gallery knew yeah 'Cause like how else not, like how else would you get a uh, like a bunch of racist furniture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But be- no, it's fine, he's Norwegian, he's allowed to. <laughs> he's um, juiced up
1: and Norwegian, so Yeah.
0: I will say out of the out of the whole Scandinavia plethora, Norwegians are less police racist in my experience. <laughs> like uh in the like in the motherland. <laughs> like mainland Norway I'm not talking about expats Um, my experience there has been very uh, holistic in that sense Um, why am I getting so
1: nasal this is the Omicron (laughs) better not get that lady O from you (laughs) oh sorry I just gendered the virus (laughs) Just just more <laughs> digital labor the virus has to perform. Right.
0: Uh, so, A Flaherty, Flaherty is open in September with a show of works by LA-based artist Kim Dingle. i never heard of Kim Dingle. Or oh, she's I'm the one who denounced the, the following show. Right. Uh, no, I just don't know her work. Uh, Dingle took to Giuliano Villani instantly. She introduced herself as a, quote-unquote, a real asshole. She was brutally honest, so I knew she wasn't an art dealer. Um, I don't know what's like. Most of the art dealers are now are like, I mean, being a real asshole is a part of their shtick. Yeah, like that's their kind of business mo. Um, <clears throat> okay. Anyway, I don't know if anything sold from that show. But then uh, the current or the most recent show was a show that centered on sculptures by, as we said, Bjarna Melgard, owned by a private collector. Um, blah, blah, blah. This is actually not that interesting of an article. I mean, it's really making it out to be way more like cool kids. Yeah. Um, Than it is.
1: Well, the comments are kind of funny.
0: (laughs) You want to venture into that?
1: Oh, look, yet another feature on a thin, rich white woman. (laughs) Can't afford the rent, (laughs) but can fund the duck lips. Mm (laughs) Okay. (laughs) <laughs> i bet you had her friends write that <laughs> totally. for... i mean the, okay the article's annoying on multiple levels but what i actually the fact that it's in the cut and the way it's written is annoying like focusing on like not paying the rent right and how it's trying to like diffuse some idea that like oh she's like a rich artist um but then that's just kind of reaffirmed later because, like, oh, I don't have money to pay the rent. My landlord's pissed off, but I'm getting forty grand tomorrow, right? So,
0: and she also mentions about the uh, the s- setting up of the show that she had people come over to paint the walls purple, and she paid at least partly in ketamine in a transaction that occurred about three feet from my face, according to the writer of this article. Bravo. Yeah. <sighs> Like I don't know, grow up maybe. Yeah. Basically, uh, what are some other fun comments there? Um, <laughs> whoever whoever is doing their press must be super connected. Also, just kudos to the cut for not limiting the ability to comment on their features. <laughs> yeah, like <because> the NYT, <laughs> the New York Times is—they're such fucking bitches about it. They like clearly they really want to regulate the conversation in a way that's like not like free speechy yeah i hate to use that term
1: uh so no photos of the work just the latest issue party kids is it a copyright issue or you just want me to google her and that got seven likes yeah Yeah. i mean it's true Um, it's like you're writing about a gallery and you don't even show the work um so the art world is finally gone oh sorry go ahead so the art world is finally gone post content entirely just a bunch of frivolous rich people and a slapdash pretext for their self-involved mtns if neither art not artists are essential could the media not pretend it's a cultural act
0: i'm also sure she had someone write that <laughs> comment um where's the art besides the chip bag on the floor why is that even interesting oh my god i can't believe we wasted uh what 10 minutes talking yeah, about sorry, this. sorry everyone
1: anyway i recommend reading it just because it is written in kind of a salacious way and i know that we did all uh kind of eye roll in the group chat yeah um, and again, it's, I don't even think it's actually the issues like the gallery or anyone involved in it. It's, uh, just the way the story's written and the attention paid to it, yeah. much like the other story we want to address. <laughs> yes. Let's address that. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is a uh, New York times, the Saturday profile, first of all. Which from I ten days ago. From ten days ago. Which I had to look up the other kind of Saturday profiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this is not an art story, even though it's about an artist. It's in the world section. <laughs> which I thought was odd. And the Saturday well, profile. I mean Oh, sorry?
0: Yeah. Well, granted, it was written by uh uh Silvana Paternostro who's uh like a uh I guess a Columbia journalist. And so, I mean, we'll explain in a second, but there's a reason why she wrote this uh, feature.
1: But, um, I just thought it was interesting that it was not in the art section, which these kinds of profiles normally are, but it was just, uh, the Saturday profiles, a weekly profile of the individuals who are shaping the world around them, which is just like the Mm -hmm. most ambiguous potpourri of articles. Um, I really wonder how they, uh, source their subject matters. I mean, like, one of the stories in the section is stabbed 20 times by her husband. She now fights laws favoring abusers in Israel. What? Yes. (laughs) Or, like, human trafficking. Or, a Chinese miner discovered poetry in the toil.
2: What? Sex ed in
1: Australia. (laughs) Like, it's like completely random profiles. Um,
0: yeah what makes it a saturday
1: profile like and a, why is it saturday specific and again if it was like a new york times magazine profile i think it would be different but it's in the world section i don't know mm-hmm. so anyway the story is a social detonator in artists work in quotation marks yeah in uh, in scare quotes <laughs> <laughs> in artists work and life different classes collide Oscar Murillo, a Colombian-born painter raised in London, considers it an infiltration when his class-conscious canvases wind up on the walls of collectors. Which I could imagine how that quote came to be. It's like after a five-hour-long interview with this writer, (laughs) it's like that one little thing that got mentioned in passing... I also the I'm pretty the sure
0: that she I'm pretty sure that she didn't write it oh yeah someone like else usually, writes
1: those uh yeah
0: yeah and those are usually like yeah notoriously are uh like almost almost barely legally t- taken out of context <laughs> totally. to the point where <laughs> you can't sue them because there there is sort of a um a connection to something that was yeah. said in the article it's like, but, but it's but just you uh, said infiltration we have it on audio Yeah, those things are just a, uh, a, uh, they're generated to be as salacious as possible.
1: Yeah. So the article is a pretty standard profile of Oscar Murillo. Uh, It goes through his history of being born in Colombia, moving to London at the age of 11 with his parents. He worked, uh, they worked as, as office cleaners. He later worked as an office cleaner. Uh, While well, he supported himself, uh, going through university at the Royal College of Art, doing his MFA. What the article does not address <laughs> is his uh, how the meteoric rise happened. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you his wanna, career, you want to shut you want to shut some light on that. And by the way, I enjoy his work, and I am not knocking him. I just think it's I- a bit disingenuous. This article.
0: I mean, I love his paintings uh less so do I like his like more pretentious gallery sized installations um but I totally see how the paintings are were sort of his vehicle to the meteoric sort of prominence rise to prominence yeah.
1: so Oscar Murillo exploded during the age of zombie abstraction <laughs> mm-hmm. uh less than ten years ago. Uh, before the horrible figuration boom of today, uh, with with paintings you probably recognize that are full of scribbles and gesture and um, infiltrative terms um, such as burrito, <laughs> according to the <laughs> article, <laughs> tamale,
0: and, I a
1: tamale now. <laughs> and so like a quite a few painters of his time uh his work was um engaged with by stefan simkovitz noted mm-hmm. la art dealer and flipper extraordinaire
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who is alleged to have cut up giant paintings of him into smaller works <laughs> why uh because if you buy large paintings at a rock bottom price from a desperate artist, you can cut them up and then make more money out of them. <laughs> Allegedly. Interesting.
0: <laughs> Is that something he learned in uh apartheid
1: South Africa? <laughs> <laughs> which which precious stone mine? <laughs> I hear the world's in dire need of lithium. <laughs> Which heavy metal mine? <laughs> um. So yeah, I just wish the article would address that because I don't think that's like a shameful thing. That it's like, you know, like Oscar morello does show with david Werner now is you know in many biennials, et cetera, et cetera, and has a huge. Wait, career. I have a question. Yeah i have a question about like it's been like what 10
0: years now or 15 years even could we would we describe stefan simkowitz as a tragic
1: hero in light of everything we know um i mean well he did make a few careers happen
0: yeah major careers and like look at him now i had to unsubscribe from his gallery (laughs) newsletter because please i mean
1: (laughs) you can't even get the formatting right (laughs) I mean it, the like, gallery it does have comes, a great location. He's on Wilshire Boulevard.
0: Okay, but like figure out your like format because it comes up on my phone in like tiny <laughs> the font is tiny and the pictures are so huge that so you have to like you have to just like keep scrolling right <laughs> to see the full image. Um and there's just something there's just something about like I mean, I'm not going to name names, but, like, he should have just maybe kept his career at the glory of his, like, the glory that was comparable to Sex and the City and not have
1: rebooted it with yeah. a, and just like that endeavor. Yeah, he worked from home so long with that giant table command post he would always post. Yeah. And um, should have just kept it at that. But, you know, Oscar Murillo's career, Petra Courtright, um, John Raffman, But I guess... I
0: guess the question is, do you think the art world is ungrateful towards him? Because at the end of the day, he has catapulted some
1: artists into like... I th- I think they're just upset because he's like, game them at their game. Because, right. you know, it's like what they're doing anyway. Not going to men- mention the bigger names, but it's like they find it so crass what he does. And then once those artists got big enough, they started showing those artists. Right. And and I mean,
0: look at Christian Rosa's example, because those two were a match made in heaven. And like Christian Rosa merely exposed, like the artist's sort of a uh, greed to be
1: similar to the dealer's greed. definitely. And going into this business. Exactly it's uh yeah some people are just not content it's never enough right um
0: okay going back to the article you were saying
1: god i didn't remember what i was saying
0: um i just feel like at this point of his career articles such as this profile are they like valorize him in a way that tries to like Decouple his persona from like the business aspects of this, yeah, of the art world's involvement in his career. And so, like, uh who's quoted here saying, Oscar came back with big hair and big ideas? um Said Jason, who added that he did not pay much attention to the lofty conversation because his friend still wanted to play soccer without shoes so this like exoticizing oh of this, yeah like, no there's exoticizing in this the, article the raw talent of the savage uh exotic uh artist Yeah. um but mr Marillo murillo's artistic ambitions were serious and he earned an mfa at the royal college of art helping pay for his tuition by working as a cleaner like i'd love that like 10 years ago nobody would have Nobody, nobody would have prefaced that statement with how he was able to like afford tuition. I know. But nowadays, I guess you have to like make excuses so that nobody suspects that you come from money. I guess, so as to
1: tarnish your reputation. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just, um, I do appreciate that he, you know, is putting this big focus on kind of class issues and working class issues in his work but the way the article addresses it it's like i just don't buy it <laughs>
0: and also again i think our problem absolutely does not lie with the artist it lies with what the art world and the media yeah. makes of the
1: artist exactly um that everyone needs this backstory there has to be um some angle and i don't know it's not an infiltration it's like am i infiltrating when my work is in a wealthy person's house like no yeah, i mean
0: that writer is, <laughs> that writer is clearly not an arts writer because using that term is like in 2021 saying that you activate the space yeah. by you know hanging a piece on the wall or like placing a sculpture in the middle of the space yeah all these like i uh oh yeah, um all these silly artisms mm-hmm. of the early 2010s.
1: Um well maybe billionaires will, you know, reconsider their working class staff. Right. When they see the painting they bought for a million dollars.
0: I mean, even I am tired of talking about how like ridiculous this whole thing is. And I mean, let us not forget his uh, stunt, his passport stunt from 2016. Oh my God, I forgot
1: about that.
0: Um, So new details, and this is from 2016, new details have emerged about a series of international passport control incidents (laughs) that ensnared Oscar Murillo, the young artist based in London and La Paya, Colombia, who rose to prominence in 2014. Um. Blah 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 Last month Murillo destroyed His British passport Mid-air On a flight to Sydney Which resulted in him Being detained upon arrival Kept in a detention cell For two days By authorities Who checked his identity And eventually Deported to Singapore oh um, I hear that First class On Singapore air Is one of the Most top tier Experiences One can afford it. Is that
1: true Pshami Well according to all those YouTube AV geek videos We watch Yes <laughs> Um, Those Bond villain types who just fly yeah. first class and report back. Singapore, Emirates, and Qatar. We need to try AK all heads. three. So if anyone wants to yeah. donate points to us, please do so. Right.
0: Um, so he was quoted saying back in 2016, I recently attended a panel in Hong Kong where, oh, sorry, somebody else is saying that. Uh, in Hong Kong, where Oscar spoke, and what I understood from that talk was that he destroyed his British passport en route to Sydney as an active response to the notion of, quote-unquote, privilege that is associated with certain citizenships in the Western world. Uh, oh, it's actually, it was quoted by Julia Jorn, a partner at Zwirner, uh issued in a statement. She said he still retains his Colombian passport. This just sounds okay, like a messy...
1: Woman mid-air moment like I took a Xanax to sleep and I had too much wine potentially things happen and, also, and now we need a post-rationalized artistic moment <laughs> made out of it and also for your gallery to be your like crisis I know.
0: management like spokesperson just,
1: how did it even a become grip. a story that's what I don't get did he make it a thing on instagram like how do you even destroy your passport with your
0: bare hands because i don't think you're allowed to bring scissors onto a flight
1: also why would you do it midair like who cares also like why would you just make it part of i don't know a work or performance like in some other context right
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, I remember seeing his, uh, show, it's, we uh, like five, six years ago where he transformed the whole huge gallery space into a chocolate factory. Oh yeah, that one. Um, have you, were you in town when that was up?
1: I don't think, it, uh, maybe I was. What year was it again? 2016? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm,
0: uh, let's see, 2014. Um, so yeah, in 2014, he reconfigured the gallery into a working ah, yeah, replica yeah. of a chocolate factory of his childhood as a way to highlight social inequities and in post-colonial economies like i am lacking the sort of good way to articulate why this type of like conceptual art idea makes perfect sense on paper <laughs> but it's just so unbearably on the nose yeah like it looks great in pictures and the experience was nice, sort of uh, for the first-hand experience of seeing it, but like, I don't know. It took place in Chelsea. I it know. was bankrolled by <laughs> a fucking David's Werner <laughs> in like the world's most expensive city.
1: Presented by Nestle. <laughs> by Kroger. Yeah, basically. <laughs> by
0: Kroger. Or by that Nazi... a. Uh, German chocolate, Harris. Harris, you remember? Oh, the her? cookie one, Balzen. <laughs> the one who came out with a a few years ago turned out she was some like Nazi idiot.
1: <laughs> oh my God. Like a, a a Gen Zer, you remember? Well, that there from was the Gen Zer about the cookies, and she was like, "But the people in the the forced laborers, they were paid, right?" It's like um, they still didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I
0: mean, I. I understand that his heart bleeds for, you know, the social inequities and trying to sort of uh, pair a critical worldview with an image that makes you think and is evocative. But the question is, what is the efficacy or the point of it in the art world? And. know. Even in 2014 when it came out, I mean, does it move the dial? What does it do?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's just like making like a photo series of, uh, I don't know, like I traveled through this part of the world where there's starving children and here's some photos. And it's like, even if you're from that place, it's still exploitative. And I'm not saying he's right. like exploiting his town because of a chocolate factory diorama but it's kind of just like a few shades away of it's like, okay. And what, like we're all aware. So it's like, I don't know. I just like hate the art world <laughs> and art.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it just, you know, it seems like, uh, his, his, career if i'm not mistaken and it could be absolutely proven mistaken is a you know lubricated by the sale of physical work for the most part so like wall works paintings and that sort of affords them the liberty to you know go about making these like large-scale interventions or um you know space installations or whatever which is is very evident that's what sort of drives him and motivates him um but just going back to the profile about him it seems a little funny to like try to tether so much significance and meaning to the paintings which are I mean the paintings are no like social interference I'm sorry Yeah. Um, um I do love them though. I think they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. I would love one in my living room. Uh, Maybe I can commission you, Przemek, to create a replica (laughs) with some like abstract, like piece together, like scribbly surface. Um, I think I can do it. I'm sure you can't. You can, not can't. Can. yeah, and then the article basically signs off by saying, "I knew the oppressor, and I romanticized the oppressed people." He said, "But the oppressed can become monsters too." Um, so like as hard as the writer tried to make him into this like platitudinous sort of um, you know reductive thinker, he does seem to have a more nuanced view of a uh, race relations coming from that part of the world and having like worked for a couple of decades now in an environment that's aggressively capitalist and white. Yeah. Yeah. Any additional thoughts?
1: No, I think, uh,
0: I think we covered it. Okay. Uh, so what else is going on with you?
1: Hmm. What am I doing? Oh, I'm working in the garage. I'm, uh, at my parents' place, making some paintings. I was just in this group show in Warsaw at Leto Gallery. Nice, congrats! Thanks. How was the opening? It was really fun. They had a wine sponsor, um, mm-hmm. one of the dealer's clients. So it's a wine delivery delivery service online. So mm-hmm. there was four different kinds of cava. It was really good. Because sh- amazing, the show was called Four Rooms, Volume One. Each artist got one room. It was a reference to the Tarantino film starring Madonna. <laughs> oh,
0: I thought it was a reference to Haim's album, uh, <laughs> Women in Music Part 3. Yeah, mm.
1: we're going to record Part 4. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. so the drinks were great. Um, had a good life lesson. The dealer asked mm-hmm. me to make three paintings and some sculpt- and three sculptures for something else. I came with five sculptures and some giant-ass paintings, and I ended up getting bumped up from the tiniest room at the back of the gallery to the front room with the window, all because I was an overachiever.
0: Wow. What a a true tale of inspiration. It is. Look at you. You're like like Steve Wozniak. You started out in your garage, and (laughs) and now you're getting a...
1: (laughs) <laughs> and now you're getting the main window holes and garages <laughs> um, how long is the show up uh it's up until end of january so uh <laughs> check it out on my instagram because you're probably not in warsaw but to our faithful warsaw listeners uh a few of which were at the show thank you for coming uh at the opening mm-hmm. i wish i could be there yeah, me too um and so i'm making more paintings now and i'm making one for friend of the pod paul neubauer right now Ooh, amazing it's drying as we speak it's a very nebula like and he's very excited about it and i know he listens so really excited to see it on your wall soon and how about you uh
0: same um nothing really i might go to the uh new york historical society to see their uh Anti, anti anti-Asian hate installation.
1: Are you there? Oh yeah, I'm listening. Oh, sorry, I thought you (laughs) dropped out again. Would
0: you cut Would you cut this out later? Yep. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I might go to the New York Historical Society to see their. uh, They're distributing free whistles so that people can blow if they experience anti-Asian bigotry there, and the whistles are yellow. Oh God.
1: (laughs) well you are asian so you should take one
0: i am asian yeah um yeah that's about it i'm pretty much laying low i mean this weather is kind of making it hard to do anything plus the omicron is raging out there uh and the only the only reason i'm my uh reluctant to go outside is because i don't want to be bummed out by seeing long lines of people waiting for anything (laughs) city md (laughs) yeah um Oh yeah, actually I am. I'm going to the uh, I'm going to the Met on uh, Wednesday. I'm taking my mother in law to see the family version of Cinderella. <laughs> um, yeah, they had they have a nice like family family version performances oh, for the holidays. I saw the magic. I saw the magic flute on Saturday, and I'm going to see Cinderella oh, on Wednesday. Nice.
1: Well, have fun. Yeah, say hi.
0: I will. Um. Yeah, and I guess uh, we'll chat maybe next week, maybe in the new year. Yeah,
1: so we can talk about our resolutions. <laughs> oh, yes, totally. Let's just say they're all waistline-related.
0: Yeah, true. I'm just looking at a picture of a recent picture of Steve Wozniak, and let's just say... <laughs> the poll came out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the headline is so funny. Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak says, quote-unquote... He can't tell the difference between the iPhone 12 and 13.
1: <laughs> I mean, okay, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I love Steve. Our Save people. Our people, totally. <laughs> All right, well, Merry uh, Christmas. Feliz happy holidays. Um Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. <laughs> yes. And as, um, as my friend um, from Winnipeg... Wrote on Facebook, you can wish a Jew Merry Christmas.
0: That's true. Yeah, he's Jewish. So <laughs> ho ho ho, my hoes, Jews, <laughs> Jews.